Good morning, everybody. Today we are learning Yeshua, Parakhof Aleph, and Parakhof. We saw that Yeshua set up the three Aramiklots in Eretz Yisrael. Moshe already set up three in Avayardin. So now, a total of six Aramiklots were already set up, and now they went into effect. These Aramiklots were also the place where the Levim would live. In today's Parak, Parakhof Aleph, we're going to see that there's going to be another 42 cities given to the Levim. Each Shevet gives a different amount of cities to the Levim, and those cities are Aramiklots as well. That's going to be today's Parak. the end of the Parak, we'll discuss a little bit about Shevet Levi, why exactly Shevet Levi didn't have their own Chaluk in Eretz Yisrael. That will be today's discussion. So let's jump right in. Beginning Parak Chav Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. We'll jump around over here because most of the Parak is just discussing the cities that the Levim got. So let's start from the beginning. Pasuk Chav Pasuk Aleph. By Yikshu, Reshi Aves, Alvim, Alazar, Kaimal, Yikshu, Benun, Reshi Aves, Hamatas, Mene, Israel. So the heads of the Levim come to Alazar and to Yeshua. By Yadab, Raleim, Bishila, Barat, Kanan, Lemar, Hashem, Tuviad, Mesh, Lassan, Lan, Arm, Lashavis, Mengashan, Levam, Tainu. And they tell Yeshua that Mesh Rabbeinu already, Hashem promised Mesh Rabbeinu that the Levim are going to get cities, that, they'll, that the Levim themselves will be able to live, and that their cattle, their, their animals will be able to graze. And they ask that Akadish give us, that the clients should now give us the cities that Akadish Baruch promised. The Pesachim now go through the Gairo which came out, which fell to the different families and the different cities that Klai Yisrael gave to Levim. So now let's jump to the end of the parak. Pesach Lamentats, Kol Arya Levim, Matech HaChuzas Bnei Yisrael, Arm Arba Ushmaina Umigashayin. Klai Yisrael got, I'm sorry, Levim got 48 cities in Eretz Yisrael. Tiana Arma Eila, Iri Umigashayat, Svesah. The Levim got the city itself and the surrounding area so that their animals can pasture. Kim the Cholarim Eila, so to all these cities. Pesach Mem, Aleph, Eitan Hashem, Yisrael, Zkolar, Tashem, Yisrael, Aleph, Yisrael, Aleph, Yisrael, Aleph, Hashem gave to Klai Yisrael the entire land of Eretz Yisrael that he promised. Vayanach Hashem lam Yisav v'kochah shanish ba'alav Yisrael v'lam anish b'fnei mikolay them. It's Klai Yisrael and Hashem b'yadam. Klai Yisrael was successful in all their battles, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu was on Klai Yisrael's side in all their battles, and they were successful. Pasuk mem gimel leinafal davar mikol davar teva shadibar Hashem el beis Yisrael. Everything positive that Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised came through. Hakolba. Everything happened. The Rabbagovir points out that even though there were some, there was a minority of cities that were still not conquered yet. The Rabbah points out that these remain because, not because HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't fulfill His promise, rather, B'sibas Atzas Yishuv Yisrael, Le B'sibas Tehedr Ashkach Hashem Yisparach Mehem. It's not because HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyach removed His Shechina, removed His Ashkacha, rather it's because Klai Yisrael was somewhat lazy and they didn't finish the conquering, but the majority of the land was conquered and the Kaddish Baruch fulfilled his, his promise to, to Klai Yisrael. So now, with the end of this parak, we've finally finished up the division of Eretz Yisrael. We finished up the seven years of conquering, the seven years of the division. The last parak, we finally just saw the division for the Levim, the cities that the Levim got, these 48 cities that the Levim got in total. They were for the, the place that the Levim themselves lived, and they were also in Mikla, the place that somebody who killed a Shegek would run to in order to be saved. There were cities of refuge. Today, I just want to take a few minutes to discuss why exactly the Levim didn't get a portion of Yisrael, and what was the special status of the Levim. And mainly, I want to focus on two very important, two beautiful Rambams at the end of Hilchas Shemitah V'yayvel. So the Rambam writes, at the end of Hilchas Shemitah V'yayvel, Parak Yud Gimel, Halacha Yud Bezin Yud Gimel. And before we actually see the Halacha, it's interesting to note, the Rambam himself divided, Yad HaChazaka divided the Mishnah Torah into 14 Sfarim. The Yad HaChazaka itself has two names. We call it, the Rabbi himself called the Mishnah Torah. However, many times we use the name Yad HaChazaka, which refers to Yad, 14 of their 14 Sfarim. And the Rambam is Yad HaChazaka. Now this Shemitah V'yayvel is in the 7th Sefer, of, which is right in the middle. And th- this, this is actually 
in, in the seventh sefer is divided up into seven different sections. And this section is the 13th parak. The 13th parak and the 13th parak is broken up into 13 different halachas. So it comes out that this halacha over here that we're going to see, the 13th halacha, the 13th chapter, the seventh section of the seventh sefer of Mishnah Torah is really right in the middle, smack in the middle of Mishnah Torah. So it's interesting some of the Mepharshim point out the significance of the number of the Dramam felt this is a very important halacha, and that's how he placed it smack in the middle of Mishnah Torah. It is, it is interesting to note that the halachas themselves, which are broken up, it doesn't seem that the Ram himself divided it. It could be that that was done later on. But either way, this is somewhat right in the middle of the Rambam's Mishnah Torah. So the Rambam says in Parakid Beis, addressing the first question that we're going to discuss, why exactly the Levim not get a portion in Eretz Yisrael? So it says the Rambam, the Why did Sheva Levi, why are they not to have their own inheritance in Eretz Yisrael? Why did they have to get the cities from the rest of Klai Yisrael? Why didn't they also get the booty from the war? Because they were supposed to be designated, they were supposed to be separate to serve Hashem. And their job was to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to pass that on to be the teachers of Klai Yisrael to show everybody what the appropriate way, what the best way is to live. Says the Rambam. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu separated them. They don't have to be involved in the physical matters, they don't have to be involved in the kibush arts, they don't have to be involved in conquering the lands. They don't have to go to work, they don't have to go to war like the rest of Klaiso, which many of the Mepharshim over here discuss. Is this a machlek? It's what the source of the Ramam is. And therefore, they don't inherit in the land. They're not from their own kayach. Rather, they get from Klaiso. They are in the army of Kaddish Baruch. And took care of them, and that's why they got their lands from Klaiyosol themselves. They weren't responsible for conquering. So the Rambam is telling us an important idea that Shevet Levi, they were designated, they were specifically supposed to be the Shevet and Klaiyosol, was supposed to teach Klaiyosol, was supposed to be the teachers, the leaders in Klaiyosol, they were supposed to be in, char- in charge of these spiritual matters, and that's why they, they the Levim, were not tasked with the physical war, they weren't in charge of going to war, in charge of conquering the land, and that's why they got their portion from Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael gave them the cities that they are going to live in. So that's what the Rambam says to explain why the Levim didn't have their own Chalukah, didn't have their own cities. The Chinuch says very similarly, the Sefer Chinuch, written by an anonymous author, and many people assume that it was written by the Ra'ah, one of the Rishayim. So the Sefer Chinuch writes in Parsha Shevtim, Mitzvah Tov Kupe, he writes, that the Levim have an Avera, or they have a mitzvah, not to take their own inheritance. Rather, they're supposed to get their cities from Klai Yisrael. And he writes, Mishrashi mitzvah, the Shayrish of the mitzvah, the reason for the mitzvah is Lefishahim, Mishrashi Hashem, because they're supposed to be Avdi Hashem, they're supposed to serve Hashem. They weren't supposed to be involved in the war efforts, they weren't supposed to be involved in the conquering and the conquest. Rather, they were supposed to get the cities from Klai Yisrael. Again, very similar to what the Rambam tells us, the Levim were in charge of these spiritual matters, and that's why they weren't supposed to be involved in the physical division, the physical fighting in Eretz Yisrael. Now, jumping to Halacha Yud Gimel, the Rambam continues and says something extremely important. Now, we're not going to get involved. The Rambam Parakid Beis taught us that the Levim are not supposed to be involved. They were not tasked with being involved in the war. They weren't they're, they deny the mitzvah to go out to war. There's a big machlekes in Rishonim. What the source of the Rambam is? Does that apply to people who are learning nowadays? Does it apply to Muhammad's mitzvah? Definitely a fascinating discussion. We are not going to discuss that. Talach l'maisa. That is for Gedeim to discuss. Definitely a variety of opinions on the matter. Well, let's jump to halacha yud gimel. So the Rambam halacha yud gimel continues. 
And this Rambam is actually used by many as a source for the Kailal system, the system where people learn and are supported by the community. We're not going to discuss today whether this is a good source of the Rambam, whether it's not a good source of the Rambam. We're just going to discuss different includes in the Rambam, some interesting, Marmachemis, interesting sources. Again, whether this is a good source, not a good source, Ramayisha has a very long chew discussing the Indian of Kailal Bazmanazet, how it's and based on the Kesem Mishnah, based on the Shulchan Aruch already, that it's been accepted that people who are learning can take support from the community. We're not going to discuss that issue that has already been discussed by Gadaylam. We're just going to discuss a few other side interesting topics which, which come out of this Rambam. So Halachid Gimel says the Rambam, not just Sheva Levi can be involved in just spiritual matters and not be involved in the physical, they don't have to be involved in the vision of the land. Says the Rambam, very important words over here. Any human being from from any of the nations in the world, which means that the simple reading of the Rambam seemingly is that the Rambam is referring to not just Jews, but even non-Jews. A non-Jew who comes along and wants to be involved, wants to be dedicated to Hashem, says the Rambam. The Rambam says that a person comes along and he wants to be ju- he wants to just designate himself, he wants to be devoted to the service of Hashem. Then is going to remove from him the all of Parnasa, Asher Bikshu, He's going to have the portion in this world. Says the Rambam, a very important idea that a person who comes along and wants to just be specifically devoted to Avedis Hashem, involved in spiritual matters, which again, if the Rambam means that it's referring to Nanju as well, Lachari doesn't specifically mean learning Tyra, unless he's referring to the parts of Tyra which Nanju is allowed to learn, the Shem Tzunarech and other portions. But Lachari, the Rambam means a person is dedicated to Chesed, a person is dedicated to Avedis Hashem, possibly philosophy as well. That type of person can fall under the same category as Sheva Levi. And they will be involved in just spiritual matters. Their Advaz over here jumps up. Their Advaz is one of the very early Achrenim, jumps up right over here and he says, I had as a shtim with the Ram's, the Ram's opinion, the Ram in a few places writes that a person should not take money for learning. So the Advaz right away jumps on and he says, that, he, that the Rambam was very medactic, he was very careful in his wording. The Rambam doesn't say that the person is now going to collect from other people and he's going to take money from other people. That's not what the Rambam says to the Radvaz. The Radvaz says that a Kaddish Baruch is going to make sure that he has enough money and not that the person himself is going to go collecting, which means that the, that the Radvaz is understanding that the Rambam means that a person who is dedicated, devoted to the service of Hashem, Hashem is going to take care of him. Now, whether that means that the person himself is going to have to work less, or does that mean that Kaddish Baruch is going to provide in Parnassah through some other means? Definitely what to discuss, definitely an interesting discussion in this Rambam. But says Radvaz, it doesn't mean that the person is going to be Mashlech Atzmai Alat Sibur, which is interesting. The Rambam himself, it's seemingly in the beginning of his life, before his brother died, he definitely was involved in learning most of his day, and he, write, and he writes in a letter that his brother definitely supported him somewhat. However, in another letter, he seems to write that he worked a little bit and his brother invested his money. After his brother died, that's when he became a doctor, that's when he primarily, that's when he worked primarily as a doctor. However, before that, he was definitely involved. His main occupation was, was his involvement in learning. However, he does write that even when he was involved in learning, he seemingly did some business on the side and his brother invested some of his money. So it seems the Rambam is definitely telling us that there is an ideal to live like the Shevet Levi. However, it's unclear who, who exactly the Rambam is telling us who can be that type of person. It's interesting to take a look at Chavetz Chaim and Shemir Salashin. He brings down this Rambam. He says, you see the Chashiva is a person who should support learning Torah. A person should try to give money to support others learning Torah because we see the Chashivas of somebody who's involved. If a person who's learning Torah, he's just involved in spiritual matters. And therefore, it's definitely a Chashiva thing to support somebody 
Who's in learning? If you take a look, if you want to take a look at the discussion about the person learning, a person working, that proper balance, the Mepharshim and the Paiskim talk about in Archaim Simakuf Nevav, with their Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that after a person goes, after a person finishes davening and learns a little bit, then he should go out to work. So right away over there, the Chavetz Chaim, Bir Allah over there points out, oh, you see, right, the Rambam tells us that a person can dedicate himself, can go to Kail. So it's in that area where the Mepharshim, where the Paiskim discuss the contemporary times, the system of Kail, how exactly it came about, and what exactly is the best, best method for a person. Should he go to Kail? How long a person should be into Kail? How long a person should stay in Kail? Just one interesting Meyer Malkum, the Yaris Dvash, or Bernison Eibschitz, one of the Archaim in the 1700s, has a very interesting, he writes a very interesting idea. He writes in his Yaris Dvash, Uvav Eniseno Arabim, the Yaris Tavash says that people, right after they get married, they're running to go to work very quickly and they don't put their Batachan Hashem. When are they going to learn? Says the Rabbinus and Ayyashit. And he writes that he would make a takani. He says he's going to speak to the Rashi Kyle, the people in the head of the community, that they should make a takana, that for five years after a person gets married, he should stay in learning full time, and only afterwards should he go to work. Definitely interesting idea. The Rebbein Snipes is suggesting that a person should try to stay in Kyle for five years, and only after that, Go out to work. Just one more interesting idea, one more interesting aura. The Tzitz Eliezer, Lezer Voldemort, was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, wrote an incredible set of Svarim, Tzitz Eliezer, Shaz and Chuvas, and he wrote a Sefer discussing the halachas of Medina Zaret Yisrael, another Sefer discussing the, the halachas of a boat, traveling a boat on Shabbos. He was also the rub of Shari Tzedek Hospital, definitely a fascinating Talmud Chacham. So he writes in a tshuva, Chelak Yerchas, Simen Pei Alf. This is in regards to Hanukkah, in regards to the nace of Hanukkah. The last, today is the last day of Hanukkah. So Tzitzel Yezer writes like this, the Ramban in Parashat Vayechi is discussing why exactly the Chashmonayim were punished. We know that after the Chashmonayim, they, they came back into the, into the base of Megdash, they became the kings, and the Gemara brings down that they were punished. They, they really should not, taken, they should not have taken the Malucha, they should not have taken the kingship, and that's why they were punished, that the entire families of the Chashmonayim were destroyed. So the Ramban in Parashat Vayechi over there is addressing why were they punished so severely. So the Ramban writes two reasons. Number one, he says... That number one, that first of all, Kol Zera Mi Matisir Chashmonatzadik Loy Avdu Elba Borzesh Moch Lohi Mizar Yehuda Beis David. That the sons of the Chashmonim became the kings, and they were not the from, they were not the sons of Yehuda or Beis David. And therefore, the Torah says that the king's kingdom, the kingship of Klai Yisrael, is always going to stay in the shevet of Yehuda and David. And that's where they're punished so severely. They're not supposed to become. They're not supposed to be the kings. And the Ramban suggests another interesting idea. The Efshar Gamkin Chayalim Chait Machusam. The Ramban says the second reason why they're punished so severely is because Mepnei Shoi Kahanim because. The and says the Ramban, the Kahanim have a specific commandment that they're supposed to be involved in the Beis Hamikdash. They're supposed to be involved in the Vayis Hashem. They're not supposed to be involved in Melucha. They're not supposed to be involved in the kingdom and the kingship. So therefore, that's why they're punished so severely. And the Tzitzel just explains. He brings down this Ram over here that the same idea was Shevet Levi. And the Tzitzel explains that you see that different people in Klai are all different Shvatim, different great people have different roles. That certain people are supposed to be involved. The Chashmonim were great people. They were tremendous. We see the Nes Chanukah happened through the Chashmonim. They were tremendous tzaddikim, tremendous tamidachacham. However, says Yitzitzel Yezer, based on the Ramban, their mistake was that they tried doing something which was not their avayda. They tried, they tried becoming the kings, which that wasn't what they were supposed to be doing. They were supposed to be involved in the spiritual matters, and they were getting involved in avayda, which was not what was meant for them. And the Tzitzel Yezer just points out, we see that each person in Klai Yisrael, different shvatim, Different halakum of clients, all different avaitis, and we each have to respect, we each have to recognize that I have to do my avaita properly, and everybody else has to do their avaita properly, and we shouldn't try to mix in, involved, and we shouldn't try to do somebody else's avaita. Have a wonderful day, have a friend of Hanukkah.